Hey, lovely ladies in Fempreneur land. Lindsay Berry here, and I am going to be having a conversation with the beautiful Gayatri at Campfire Kinship. We're going to be talking about listening to your heart. I'm going to be interviewing her about her story. And uh, she's a very interesting story. I have a whole page of notes here, actually two pages of notes here, from my first ever conversation with her. Gayatri, nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How's your day been? It's been good. It's uh, It's been busy. <laughs> yeah. My husband's got the kids now, so I'm, I'm just hoping they don't... Oh, you're all mine. Woo! <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Until a little one runs in and jumps on your lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've told him, I've, I've told him the door's locked. You guys play aside. <laughs> <laughs> the door is locked. You mean, you mean business. I like it. I like it. The door is locked. I actually have a sign on my door. Go ahead. No, I, I, I figure my husband can take care of them for half hour. They're good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. I have a sign on my door that says live video in progress. Do not make noise. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways it's fine I, my, my son's 15 and he can read so that's how we do things now <laughs> that helps right <laughs> it does it does okay well let's dive right in tell all the fempreneurs watching who you are what is campfire kinship and what your day job is yeah for sure um i just see my friend has joined andrea so hi andrea um, hi, andrea. <laughs> um i so who am i i am a mom of two kids uh as I mentioned before, I'm a proud Calgarian. I've lived in this beautiful city since I was 15 years old. Uh, and prior to that, I was born in India, lived in India for a little bit. And then my family moved to Saudi Arabia. So I also lived in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so wow. I've, yeah, lived in three countries by the time I was 15. Um, and I guess that's kind of the first experience that I had um, with respect to inclusion diversity. Uh, and mm -hmm. then, you know, even in terms of uh, the experiences I had in Saudi growing up, watching my dad, who was an engineer, you know, work in the field, work in the plant. And that really piqued my interest around what it's like uh, to be an engineer. But I would say engineering, even though I ended up taking engineering, it wasn't my first calling or my first love. I've always enjoyed writing. <laughs> um, writing! Ah. I thought I would be a writer when I grew up, but um, I became an engineer instead. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I got to pause you there for a minute. Um, I feel like you're still going to be a writer and you are a writer and there's lots of time to write books and all the things. So yes. I don't think you have to choose just one thing, which is I, I know you agree with that because we've already talked about this. But um, do you want to share a little bit more about kind of more recently your path leading you to starting Campfire Kinship and why you started it? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's you're right. I am already a writer. That's how I think about it now. And I've never yeah. stopped writing even. Um, and so, you know, rewinding back a little bit, um, when I was in university in engineering school, I would say I spent probably the first three years just dazed through, through university. Um, okay. Because, well, so first of all, being one of the few women in engineering is quite isolating on its own right so I wasn't yeah. really sure you know what am I doing here and then none of what I was studying really resonated for me in terms of how does this actually work in the real world so it, it, you know I, I guess it wasn't until I landed my first internship in Fort McMurray 
that it really started to hit home for me as to why I've chosen this profession and why I love the, the engineering profession. Uh, and I think there's a certain amount of pride that comes with being able to work in the field, work hands-on, like learn in the trenches, basically. And, and I think that's when I really started to gain an appreciation for it, even though there were challenges, like I'll admit, um, being, again, one of the, the few or the only <laughs> Indo-Canadian women in a male-dominated environment uh, was challenging. Um, and, right. and, so, and being gorgeous is probably makes, <laughs> makes it harder too, right? So you had to deal with that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was, back when I was younger, <laughs> I, I, I moved up there when I was 20 years old. That was, and solo, right? And so being single at 20 and moving uh, to a place like that. So that, that Fort McMurray, wow. Yeah. <laughs> my sister, my younger sister works in oil and gas and she was about that age and she was up there too and she's a, a babe like you. So she was like, this, is, this place is nuts. <laughs> she's like, I don't know that I should be here. <laughs> Anyways, sorry to interrupt your story. It's, a, it's funny, I laugh. There's lots of other stories on that, but I won't get, in, I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> that's for another time. <laughs> for another time. Um, but uh, that's when I started writing again, actually, now that I think of it is, and initially it just looked like journaling. I, I, I used to just, you know, write self-reflections on the challenges I was facing and the struggles. And over time, as I started to look back on that, I started to see patterns and I started to connect the dots. Uh, and that's mm. when it really struck me as to the strengths that I was building and honing. Uh, and the aha moment was, hey, it's actually okay being me. <laughs> like it's, it's okay being unique. Um, let's not try to fit in or um, think that difference is wrong because when you're unique, you're actually bringing your gifts to the world. Uh, and so I think writing helped me discover that. And, and then ever since I've, I haven't stopped. Um, and so that's taken me down this path to Catholic kinship. Okay, so what were you writing about? What kind of things happened that inspired you to write? Like, what did your writing kind of look like when you say maybe finished a piece of writing? What was it? I don't it, know if that makes sense. It, yeah, it, so it was twofold. It was first the reflection piece of just the challenges I, that I was facing. And it was more around um, how I could find the strength internally to overcome them. And, and then okay. I think that sort of led to also writing about my aspirations and imagining a future that was going to look different and reimagining what my vision would be uh, to create a future that would look different, that would be kinder, that would be more inclusive. And that eventually led to this path of um, starting Campfire Kinship because I, I literally, wow. by writing, putting pen to paper, um, came to that uh, vision of what I want to do through Campfire Kinship. So. That's where I feel like writing's really enabled um, that journey that I'm on of, of mm -hmm. self-discovery, really. Yeah. I love campfire kinship. Like love, you know, both words are so amazing and then you put them together into one and it's just awesome. So I knew I would like you from just your Instagram handle and um, I'm just blown away with all the things that I've learned about you. I, I am gonna dig a little deeper into what you've just shared because one of the things we do in Fempreneur Marketing School is we talk about the three greatest challenges that we've had to overcome. And I'm curious to know what those challenges, maybe just one or two that come to mind 
that made you want to put pen to paper and really extract the lesson and really record it maybe for others in a book in the future? Or like, what were some of those challenges that you faced? If you can think of a big one or a couple. Yeah. Well, we like stories here in Fempreneur Land. <laughs> I, I love that question. If you can't think of anything now, it's fine. We I, can, we can. I probably will think of like a million after we hang up. <laughs> but I think the one I would say though is, um, finding my voice was probably the, the challenge and also the discovery that I made is I have a voice. I, I have um, ideas and thoughts that are worth listening to for myself, for myself first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think the challenge became because I was the only female and the only, you know, Indo-Canadian female and things. I, I was always feeling this lack of like, I'm, I'm feeling like an imposter. Um, yeah. Not really feel like I belong or I fit in, and, and yeah. why would any anybody want to hear what I have to say anyway? Uh, and that sort of um, negative or self limiting belief that would play in my head. Okay, uh, so what yeah. happened? What happened that made you be like, Ooh, I am going to be more outspoken. <laughs> I have you know value to add. Like, was there an event or a person, like a mentor? Or what was that aha moment like? Do you, and even if you don't remember the exact moment, was there something kind of that led you down that path? There were definitely lots of great mentors and leaders. I think that's, mm -hmm. I would acknowledge my community first in terms okay. of the, the folks that really saw my potential and encouraged me to follow that potential. But then, you know, as I mean, many women fall into this trap of um, the inner critic, right? I right. think that would still get in the way for me. Like that would still get in the way of, well, they say that I can do that, but can I really do that? Um, and that, that sort of thing. But again, wow. this is where writing it down and really putting pen to paper made me realize that actually, no, I, I do. <laughs> I, I, I'm not totally crazy. Um, I do have thoughts and ideas that are worth listening to. And I've okay. got to trust in myself first before others are going to trust me. I think that was sort of the right. turning point. So there was mentors for sure. These are people that, you know, were they in, in Fort McMurray when you were there? Were you working with them? Were they on your team? Or were these mentors that were teachers, like at university, family members? They were uh, a combination of all. Um, I, yeah. I've been privileged to meet some really hardworking and talented people in Fort McMurray. Cool. And you know, what's interesting is there weren't always women who were my mentors either, right? I right. actually found that um, people who were opposite, I'll use the word opposite to kind of the demographics, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Became even more of a stronger ally and a mentor for me because mm -hmm. um, there was just so much to learn because we were so diverse and it kept it interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then also I, I met like-minded folks as well that yeah. sort of um, lent that hand. And I, I think that's where I really started to believe in the power of the community and how important it is to leverage the wisdom of the community and build and grow and nurture that community. So, Okay, well, this is leading in very nicely to what I have written down from our conversation. So uh, in quotes, I've got celebrate everyday role models. And you're talking about that right now. And I'd like you to talk more about that in a moment. And then I wrote, in a space of belonging and healing, um, run workshops and special, I think, you, did you run some workshops about a method called guided auto yeah. autobiography? 
Okay, tell us more about the, the everyday role models. Yeah, everyday role models and the uh, the guided biography autobiography method. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting, right, Lindsay? We talked about stories, writing, and community. So I feel like the luckiest person in the world that just found a perfect combination of all three in one solution, which is guided autobiography. And I can explain more what that is. I mm -hmm. I didn't invent. Please it. do. I have to say I am not the inventor of it. It's it's a it's like it's a proven methodology that's been around for four decades. Um, but it's it's also one of those things which is it's like a well kept secret. Um, not many mm -hmm. folks know about it. Uh, but when okay. I came across it, the reason I fell in love with it is it just opened my eyes on how transformative storytelling is in a small group. And so ah. really the, the, the trifecta of guided autobiography is the writing piece. Uh, so you have really structured themes to write your life stories on. Um, and then you come to a small group where you, where you share those stories. So the second piece of it is the listening uh, where you get to deeply listen to others in the group. And then the third piece okay. is giving feedback. And the feedback is always meant to be encouraging. It's always meant to be supportive and accepting. So what really the transformation that happens through this, these workshops is people start to accept themselves first, like accept themselves for who they are, all of the challenges they faced, all of the flaws that they, they, they carry, like really truly accept. And I think that's, it's so therapeutic. It's almost, mm. it's healing. Um, mm -hmm. And then they also start to accept others. And that's, that's the, the pivot that, that starts to happen is, despite differences, right? Despite whatever, you know, nationality you are, or background or race yeah. or gender, all of those things yeah. just seem to disappear because you're really connecting at a human to human level. And you're starting to accept uh, people who are different, uh, who've had different life experiences and really appreciate them for, for who they are. And, so and is that kind of where the everyday role models piece comes in is like what you're talking about now, yeah. or it's like these people in your group become your role models and you become that for them. And is that kind of how that works? Yes, exactly. Yeah. The everyday okay. role models is just about recognizing that all of us have unique gifts and strengths to bring, right? You don't right. have to be a Nobel prize winner <laughs> to be considered a role model, right? Um, I think in marketing school, we call that, we call that unfair advantages. We call those because it's kind of like a marketing term, but it's like, you know, you've got to talk about who you are, and where you where you came from when you're sharing your business or your cause with others, because that sets you apart from maybe, you know, for example, we got a whole bunch of photographers always. Right. And we, you can never have too many photographers in a community, <laughs> but they're all different, so different. And if they don't share their stories, we don't really know how they're different. They just all look like photographers. Exactly. But anyways, and, yeah. And, and you know, a point on that too that I wanted, wanted to make is, I think this is one of the challenges I faced through my career basically is when we hear these success stories, it's always about people who have already achieved like their mm. executive, their, you know, the top of their game. And that almost alienates the rest of us, right? It's like, oh, oh gosh, right? Exactly. And so the, the everyday role model is all about like, let's celebrate people for where they are and who they are. From yeah. Them. So I just had an epiphany as you were talking and I have to share it. I have to say it out loud so that I, cause I'm, I'm probably going to put this in my book, but 
I'm so glad that I've been writing books along the way because there's huge imposter syndrome every time you say that you're going to write a book because you're like, gosh, I know what I want the book to be about and I know how I want to help people, but am I really like good enough or like advanced enough to write a book about it? Like every time, like I'm writing my third book right now and I'm having that kind of again, right? And I, I, I know that there, you know, you were saying it's that inner critic. Like we all have that and I, I always push through it. I just have moments where I'm kind of like, but it's kind of like having a conversation with the light side and the dark side and then the light side wins. But anyways, um, my point is that like to your point about, you know, um, am I good enough? Have I achieved enough? And ultimately I can look back on my books and see what I did to get to where I am today. You know, like on my six, seven year journey, I've got two books that walk people through how I got to the first floor of, you know, the elevator took me to the first floor and then the second floor. And now I'm going to show people how to get to the third floor of maybe a 20 floor building. Right. And I'm glad that I, I took the time to share because I, I was saying in a post that I posted earlier and you'll relate to this is like every two years, I feel like I'm so much friggin' smarter. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to share this stuff with people in a book because it's so good. Right. And it's not that I'm smarter than anyone else. But like you, I just want to like celebrate those everyday role models that have come into my life and those lessons that I've learned. And I'm definitely not saying I'm smarter than anyone else, but I am taking the time to share it with other people because there's people who are where I was two years ago and would love to, you know, have a, you know, condensed version of that and maybe save a few stumbles, right? Anyways, and, and what I had you to just say said, that. you've got so much wisdom to share from the place that you're at, right? And it, it, that is so important to be... Yeah. able to give back those gifts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got some people here um, who are excited about talking more about the guided autobiography and writing books and stuff. So yeah, awesome. Let's keep talking about that. So sorry to cut you off, but I just really had to say that out loud. Um, so you are a certified instructor in guided autobiography. So you've held workshops and things like that. Are you planning on doing some virtual ones where everyone comes together at the same time on the same platform? Like, are you kind of concocting something like that? Yeah, I've got, I've got a <laughs> few series going and I'm, I'm actually running one tomorrow. That's why I'm smiling. Uh, I'm running. Uh, are these like one-offs or are they like six week, eight week? They're both. So there are one-offs. Uh, there's also cool. um, a longer six, eight weeks one. So the, the, the six week one that I just completed was on the life story theme. And so what that looks like is the first week is around branching points. And the theme is um, taking a step back, looking at your life from a distance uh, and identifying those turning points and, and milestones in your life that um, led you to where you are. So that, that, that was, and that's like, I love that theme because it really gets complete strangers. Like I'm talking com people who've never met before and it's virtual, right? So they're around the world, <laughs> or in this case, the workshop that I just completed was in the U.S. So they were around the U.S. They're just meeting, and they get to share this um, this journey of where they've been in their life. So that, that's the first theme, and then the second theme is around family uh, and the role of childhood values, uh, growing up, and how that sort of impacted and influenced decisions um, uh, and the way things uh, shaped up. Uh, and then, mm. and then we get into more of the role of money and work and life's purpose. Mm. So you'll notice the themes start to get uh, deeper and and even um, more authentic, where people really get to the heart of and the essence of who they are by sharing these um, personal stories. 
and then we get okay speaking of go ahead oh um i'll just yeah i'll tell you the other yeah we'll get to that um yeah health is one uh, and then goals okay. operations is another one and i love the goals piece because now that's forward looking because up right. until this point it's it's back but this gets people to really oh, crystallize wow. on what achieve so what a great program i, I, I mean Oh, please do. I was just going to ask you about the deeper, going deeper and being more authentic piece. I want you to share more of your story. Um, I want you to share more of your story because you, I met so many women like you in the last few years since starting fem, the Fempreneur community who have this really high level education that you worked your ass off to achieve. And you have this big job and you're super busy and you have all this responsibility as an engineer. And I met, you know, women who are doctors and dentists and lawyers and they want to write books and they want to help women feel more empowered and do more and be more. And they have a hard time kind of shifting away from this big job. And like your dad was an engineer. You were 15 when you came to Canada. Tell us more about all that and how that feels and like take us into that part of your story. Yeah, absolutely, Lindsay. And uh, I think you touched on something very personal for me right now, too, where I where I feel like where my life and my goals and all of those things are heading. Um, but I'm going to touch quickly on the, on the academic piece, because there's a um, part of my story is this discovery, I'll call it that I had while I was doing my MBA. So I mean, like, I'd say like 12 years into my career, or a little bit more, I decided I had this crazy idea that I'll do an MBA while I was working full time. I had two kids, that were like, they were six and three at the time. And my spouse was working out of town, like he was in Fort McMurray, so he was doing fly in and fly out. And with all of this going, I decided I would do an MBA. Like that's how. <laughs> um, how You're I, obviously a bit of a high achiever. I can relate to I, that. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I wonder sometimes like what really drove, but anyway, um, the reason I bring it up is during the program, I specialized in social impact. Uh, and I, I also had a thesis on innovation. So I was studying all about, you know, how corporations innovate, big business, small business. How, how does one really innovate? And that was the topic of my study. Uh, and I was also doing um, studying social impact and social ventures and how social ventures innovate. And the conclusion, like the biggest aha moment, the conclusion I came, it came down to is stories. Ah. It, and it was, it was almost like, and stories from the perspective of lived experiences. So the idea is that innovation happens when we can truly understand the lived experiences of the people that are your consumers, right? And, and their pain mm. points and their frustrations. And so even in the social impact uh, scenario, it's really understanding what are the pain points of the community and, and okay. really trying to figure that out as, as opposed to stepping back and making assumptions and just creating strategies that you think is going to achieve this impact. But yeah, like trying different colors and different words and different. Yeah, like, let's, let's get to know the humans. <laughs> exactly. Cool. And so that was kind of my turning point, I think is during the MBA to realize that there's actually such a, a huge wisdom in that and leveraging yeah. the lived experiences and the stories. And let me just like, that's what I want to do. And so the work that I started doing in my day job was actually um, based on storytelling again, but it was from the context of human centered design is what we call it. And so oh, wow. the, the, the work that I do right now is leading innovation programs in our mining group, which is leveraging all of these tools and human centered design, um, which I just see a wonderful application outside of that into Camp Kinship. So 
That's a right. bit of my, okay. Wow. Think. So you're an engineer, but you're still getting to do work in your engineering career. That is like, you know, humans. going into the emotions and the humans. Yeah. Not just things and objects and machines and like yes. whatever, right? Like you're doing human stuff, which is cool. So, okay. So tell, give us a day, a day in the life. Like, what do you, what do you do at work and how does that ripple effect kind of go out and to who and how does that make sense? Uh, what do I do at work? I, <laughs> it's a great question. I, I will start with saying what I love doing at work. I love um, my team. I think that's the part of my job that I enjoy most is the leading a team. Um, oh, cool. People that work for me as well. Uh, I am always amazed at what they've been able to achieve and how they've been growing and achieving their potential and coaching and mentoring. Um, and so mm -hmm. that, that's the piece I think I'd say I enjoy the most is, is coaching. Um, yeah. and, it's, and then learning too, because uh, I learn equally so much from the people that I get to mentor and I get to have the privilege of um, working with. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, I would say, kind of is the number one. And then the, the innovation piece is really around building an ecosystem of uh, innovators, whether they're in Calgary or even you know, around the world to understand what is it that um, others are doing in the space to truly move the needle on, on the different uh, objectives that they have okay. and then bringing those pieces back into our strategy. So that's a bit about <laughs> the, the work that I do. So what is the ultimate goal like that you guys are working on with your team right now? Maybe this is confidential, I don't know, but like, what are you doing? Like, what's the, the ultimate? Uh, like? So it, 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 it's funny, it kind of goes back in full circle. So I started my career, I said, in Fort McMurray. Uh, right. So the, the, the end customers, I call it, are Fort McMurray based. And, and the ultimate goal is how to make their lives better, really, is what it comes okay. down to. How to make their jobs better, uh, how to make their jobs safer, uh, so that there uh, are no workplace incidents. Um, and okay, so systems and processes and... Exactly, it's business uh, transformation type of work, um, huh. which I know sounds really <laughs> techie, but uh, it's fun. Well, no, but it, it's, fun work. it's very, like you said, it's, it's about making humans' lives better, which is what businesses do, which is what causes like Campfire Kinship are built for. It's like, I know that there's a group of people that need this. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be 100,000 people. It can be 10. Exactly. <laughs> right it's like i want to make that difference one person right yes yeah. yes yeah <laughs> awesome so how long have you been running your workshops to get these people writing and getting to know themselves better and all the things that happen yeah, from that i so it's i not that long i actually just started in during covid uh funny enough i was looking for a creative outlet um now with all this extra time that we have not from from not commuting and things and so I yeah. started around May last year. Uh, yes, May or June. Uh, the very first workshop that I had was, it wasn't really a workshop, it was one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I worked with a lady to help tell her career stories. Uh, and this was such a pivotal moment in, for her because she was going through a transition in her career. Um, she was just, right. she had finished her PhD and she was trying to figure out the direction of where she wanted to go next. And so I started working with her closely and, and um, that just kind of helped me explore this area of storytelling further to say, I really like this work. I really, really love helping people tell their stories, um, helping them go on the journey of self-discovery and realizing their self-potential. And I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the coaching pieces, just really yeah. helping people 
see and discover their potential and, and be able to realize that they can access that is, is what I love doing. Cool. So if you could have a book done in six months, hypothetically, if the stars aligned and you had the time and you were able to have it done and printed and in your hands and on Amazon, what would the book be about? Or like, like you, you must fantasize about these things because you're a writer. So you, you must have 10 answers to this question. I love that you asked that because my friend here who's joined, she and I were just talking about this as well. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, so if she's if she's still watching, hopefully she types the title and what her book is about too in the comments. Yeah, totally. Um, I would love to have a book that is about uh, a collection of life stories uh, from women who have overcome all kinds of struggles and who have really, wow. who are the epitome of everyday role models. Um, because I think that sets an example for a, to inspire all of us on, on what's possible and, and never let our own self-limiting beliefs stop us from achieving that. So that, that would be my, my dream. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I've always had a, a huge self-limiting belief with that, which I've just recently started sharing more openly. And I've had some very interesting feedback from those who have heard me talk about this, but I always had a limiting belief around family, around feeling like I'm part of a family just because of things that happened in my childhood. Um, and it's, it's, it's why it took me so long to start a, the Fempreneurs, like a female community, because <clears throat> I thought that that just wasn't ever going to be who I am, that I was never going to be able to trust people, that I was never going to ever be able to look at someone and think like, that's my, that's like my family, like not blood family, obviously, because that's one thing that I learned from my childhood is, is that blood family doesn't really mean anything. I mean, I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but for me, it doesn't really mean anything. Like I love my blood family, but my friends that have become more like family to me because they've treated me, you know, better, honestly, than my blood family, like those are my family. And, and then people come into your life and they leave and then sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't. And there was so, I had so much, um, just negativity and insecurity around all of that. And yeah, so it was when I started writing more about my life and I started attracting more female entrepreneurs ultimately. And then, like you said, when people start asking you questions, you're like, like when you're, you know, not even when you're an actual mentor or coach, but if they're just looking to you as a leader for whatever reason, you've achieved something they want to achieve or they look up to you for whatever reason and they ask you questions that you don't have the answers to and you start solving them and all of a sudden you have a six-week marketing course for women <laughs> and you have another book and then you have another book to write. And so, um, and my third book, because it's about building community, I am going to go, you know, a little deeper into that part of my life story that I didn't feel comfortable sharing in the past and didn't feel ready to share in the past, but it also wasn't as important because this book is about building community. And to me, the word community and the word family are interchangeable because yeah. of this, who I am. So um, all of the stuff that you've been talking about to do with writing and this, uh, this guided autobiography method, like I'm just so excited about it and looking forward to, um, to just spreading the word more about it and helping more women find you. Like where can people, do you have a website? Where can people find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? Uh, 
Lindsay, I love what you just said about, uh, uh, I think what, what you just said reflects the value of authenticity. And when you can authentically share like that, you attract uh, your community. And I love that you've built a beautiful community and from printers. Thank you. I love that we've met and looking forward to getting to know you. But yeah, uh, this is just the beginning. <laughs> uh, is, <laughs> I have a website. It's called campfirekinship.com. Um, I would, awesome. uh, I actually have a, a guide there to writing your first life story using the guided autobiography method. So if people are interested in that, they can definitely wow. check it out. Uh, I also love wow. e-training stories on my um, Instagram campfire kinship account. And so again, mm -hmm. it's the everyday role models that, that I, uh, I love telling the stories of. So if folks are interested in being featured, they can definitely um, submit uh, in the bio. There's a link to submit their yeah. story and yeah. And, and just building that community. That's, I think you and I share that right. passion in common. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So if you've, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, all of the links to connect with guy three are going to be in the show notes and, um, yeah, on Instagram campfire underscore kinship. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I I've got a few women in mind that have, you know, these big, you know, big careers and they're kind of trying to transition, um, not entirely away yet, but they're trying to transition into more of where their heart is leading them. And that's, that's why I called this episode, listen to your heart, because, I really feel like you have taken a leap of faith and you're doing that. And that's something that I know a lot of women aren't doing yet. They don't have the faith yet and they're waiting and maybe listening to this podcast or maybe watching this right now on Instagram is going to give them the courage to take that leap of faith. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I, I really appreciate this opportunity to, to be part of your network and your community and your family. Um, and this means Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're so welcome. It's been lovely chatting. Um, is there anything else that we forgot to mention or that you wanted to leave ladies with before we hop I off? I would, I would just offer one message, I, I guess. And it's to your point earlier, Lindsay, if for those maybe who are looking to follow their heart and looking to take a leap of faith, I'm going to suggest start with just writing about one um, past experience you've had where you've overcome a challenge and just write like a hundred words, you know, like 10 minutes and do that for, for a day, do that again, a second day, do that again in the third day. And I think you'll start to see how all of a sudden what you thought was impossible is going to be possible. Cause that's, that's, I feel like that's methods work for me. <laughs> and I would love to, you know, help anybody who wants to go on that process of discovery, but uh, that's right. I think all it takes is just right write a hundred words about what you've been able to overcome and you'll start to see that you absolutely have what it takes to take the leap of faith. Hey, Lindsay Berry here again, just a few things before you get on with your day. Thank you so much for listening to and sharing this episode with other fempreneurs, with other women that you know need to hear these important reminders, um, maybe things that they've heard before in the past, but never heard explained this way. You never know how much you could change someone's life until you pass on a little piece of information that you feel has changed your life or could change theirs. So take a leap of faith, like Gayathri said, and pass this on to someone else. And be sure to check out all of our virtual events. We are getting together live in person virtually a couple times a month, and we wanna introduce ourselves to you. We wanna welcome you into the community and share your business with more of the right people. 
Now, if you need social media marketing skills, the next Fempreneur Marketing School starts August 18th. And if you want to write a book, I mean, I think we all have a little more time on our hands right now than we had planned. <laughs> um, I don't know what part of the world you're in, but if you're in the Calgary area, things are uh, kind of closed down again for a bit here. So if you've always wanted to write a book and maybe this episode has inspired you to get more of your stories out there, um, please reach out to me. I do actually have a mastermind group running right now, but there's other ways that I can help you get your book writing process started now. So reach out to me at fempreneurland.com. would love to chat with you. Have a great rest of your day. See you next week.